0: are more upbeat on today's podcast compared to last Tuesday. That's because we are. Welcome into Fantasy Football Today DFS on Tuesday, September 28th. Frank Stanfield joined, as always, by Mike McClure and Cian Najad here to recap our cash game lineups. We've got some GPP reviews, some interesting teams that we want to look at that we threw together this last week. FFT DFS contest winner. We'll take a look at that winning lineup. It was a nice week for Mike there, too. He finished in the top 10. Seeing myself, uh... Not, not so much. Not so much there. Uh, and we will take an early look at Week 4 pricing and the Thursday night football showdown slate between the Jaguars and the Bengals. Mike, how you doing? I have a feeling it was a better week.
1: It was a much better week. Uh, yeah, doing well. Bounced right back. To, it was very similar to Week 1. Uh, lineup construction-wise, results-wise, uh, everything was great. So got the second week out of there. Feels good to come back with a win. And in, as far as cash games go, be 2-1 and one on the season. Feeling good.
0: All right, see ya. With you, I'm not so sure where we're at because I saw some tweets on Sunday, some Hollywood Brown drops, some A.J. Brown injuries. Where are we at? How was week three for you?
2: So we'll look at a couple of my lineups today. Uh, I mean, obviously, I built quite a few, and a lot of them had Lamar Jackson to Marquise, Hollywood Brown, like you said, Frank, we're going to have to change that nickname because it's not fitting anymore. I also had A.J. Brown, so really, within a matter of five minutes, A.J. Brown pulled up with a hamstring, and Marquise Brown dropped two touchdowns, arguably three because you know one of them got tipped. But that was really the story. I I did pretty well, but I, I'll say this: if Hollywood Brown had caught two of those, and they were for long bombs, one was for like eighty, the other one was for about forty. That would have helped my Lamar Marquis stack in such a way that I think I would have been looking at a couple takedowns, but here we are.
0: Yep. Here we are. Indeed. I don't know. We're going to have to think about that nickname because he was anything but Hollywood. I don't know. I don't know what he was, but sheesh, that was a rough game for Marquis Brown. And you know, if, if he goes off there, he catches those touchdown, then maybe, you know, TJ Hawkinson has a better game. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, the game becomes more competitive a little bit back and a little bit more back and forth there. So things definitely could have changed there, but, uh, We'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe maybe week four is the week for uh, for Lamar Jackson and his pass catchers. Let's find out a little bit later on. Let's jump in. Cash game lineups. We will start with Mike, who was the head honcho this week, putting up 171.7 with his cash game lineup, and he goes with the quad stack, Patrick Mahomes at 3% ownership, then Clyde Edwards-Elair, Miko Hardman, and Travis Kelsey at his flex. That is right dual tight end strategy with Jared Cook at tight end at 3,900. Mike, how did we get to this line of construction and cash?
1: Well, as always, this, uh, some people may not like this, but it came directly from the optimizer from my projections. But how we got there is Dalvin Cook was ruled out and Alexander Madison became an absolute must play for me at this price point, looking at the usage he was going to have. So because of that, it definitely shifted things around. Uh, it allowed me to you already knew in the week I was playing Patrick Holmes and Travis Kelsey like I will most weeks, uh, especially if they're coming off a loss. But we like them at home in games that we think are going to be competitive because they're going to force feed Travis Kelsey just like they did again here. Uh, and then I ran out with McCall Hardman because he was one of the best values on the slate. And then Clyde Edwards, Elayer, same thing, one of the best values on the slate, um, still correlated to Patrick Holmes success relatively highly. Um, So that's how we got there. As far as Jared Cook, um, I do have rules when I'm optimizing that if I'm playing a quarterback with two of their pass catchers, which would be Hardman and Travis Kelsey, that I must have one player on the other side of the game. The only options the optimizer really would have had based on the build that I was building here would have been Austin Eckler or... Jared Cook. Because of the wide receivers, I was already on Godwin and Cup, which are correlated in that same game. So it would have been not playing Madison and playing Austin Eckler, or it became play Jared Cook, Travis Kelsey in the flex. And one thing you'll notice about this lineup, and I hope I'm not stealing what you might want to say next, is I did not care about the chalk at all on those core plays. They were core plays that I mentioned on Sportsline. They're core plays that a lot of people probably had. But Madison, Clyde edwards helaire Cup, Godwin, you see those numbers all highly owned, but the lineup became low owned overall because of Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Mikko Harb, Harbin, Jared Cook. Um, so it does look like a chalk lineup, but it really was a very, very unique lineup, which allowed me to have a really nice day when guys like Hawkinson did not perform well.
0: Yeah, and you'll see when we get to my cash game lineup, I I had Patrick Mahomes as well. I think everybody else in my lineup was over 20% owned, but it just happened to be a good cash week. A lot of those players hit, and we'll get to that in in just a second. We recently broke 100 Apple podcast reviews, so big thanks to everybody who left one, Uh, but we did receive our first non-five-star review, which is perfectly fine. You're (laughs) entitled to your own opinion. Uh, This came from, I don't even know how to pronounce this, Kinimi90. He says, Really unfortunate result of technology optimizers must be the reason for two of these guys having platforms. I guess he is scared to call out his buddies. You can't tell people it's okay to play a quarterback and three pass catchers in cash lineups. Almost seems like a ploy, which is interesting because we come hmm. on here every single week and we show you our lineups, the lineups that we are playing with. So I don't really know how how it's a ploy if we're actually uh, putting our money where our mouths are. But I don't know, Mike, how, how would you defend yourself to... Uh, To our our friend Kanimi here.
1: I would argue the opposite. Optimizers are definitely not an unfortunate. They're a very fortunate result of technology for me here as it allowed me to get to this. Uh, I'd say play the best plays. What the best plays are sometimes. They're there for a reason. Um, But yeah, I will continue to recommend it. I will tell you that DFS, especially in NFL, in the year 2021, there's not much of a difference between cash games and tournaments as there was, say, in 2013, 2014. Um, so I think you're always going to be better off making a correlated play. A correlated play is likely going to be one where you're going to have guys that are on the same team or in the same game, and if you know anything about Patrick Mahomes in this offense or, frankly, Dak Prescott when they are in games that we think we're going to be competitive, you know that they like to throw the football. You know that Patrick, even at the goal line, will have the little touch pass that was recorded as a passing touchdown several times throughout the year, so I will ignore the comments I actually don't read them so I hadn't seen <laughs> it until you brought them to me uh, I, it's one thing that I never really do I don't concern myself with others too often so uh yeah I think that it's smarter to play every format more like a tournament than a cash game um, which is kind of what I've done here
0: all right see and, see we, and, haven't but, heard, we haven't heard from you for, for a while so don't don't be scared be, feel free to, to call us out.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, Mike's the last, literally the last person in the world I would call out from a DFS standpoint. But I will say that that Kanimi, or however you pronounce it, first of all, thanks for watching. Yeah, you know, that, That's great. And we don't mind constructive criticism. Unfortunately, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where, like Mike said, and we said this before the season started, some of these lineup constructions, some of these builds are not, you know, we're not in Kansas anymore, so to speak, like it's different now. And so I bet Kanemi wouldn't think that a cash lineup would be comprised of four people from the same team because we're used to just kind of pick and chalk, you know, out of out of certain certain games and then just, you know, making a lineup. Well, I don't think most people think that you could put four guys in, in a cash lineup and, and be this successful with this type of score at
0: 171.7. Yeah. So, uh, look, we're just having fun with it, too. Feel free to send in whatever comments you have. You're entitled to your opinion, as we mentioned. And there's already been some, like, fun YouTube comments and stuff. So, whatever. Like, we'll have fun with it. Uh, We do appreciate you you checking in, watching, listening, wherever you might be finding uh, Fantasy Football Today DFS. All right, so I'm going to throw up my cash game lineup here on the screen. And you will see in just a moment that I also had uh, Patrick Mahomes here as my quarterback. And for most of the week, I was basically on paying up for a quarterback. That That's just where I was. I was settled on, I was going to use one of Mahomes, one of Kyler Murray, or one of Lamar Jackson. So I, I settled on Patrick Mahomes. He's only 2.8% ownership. And I actually think he ran kind of bad, even with scoring three touchdowns. He had that fluky, touch, uh, that interception, which hit off one of his receiver's hands and stuff. And ultimately, they lose the game, right? Like the Chiefs are one and two, which is just absolutely crazy. Uh, but yeah, I was going to ask, see, I'll, I'll I'll throw this one your way. Is it okay to play Patrick Mahomes without any of his pass catchers? Because that's actually what I did here. I did have Clyde Edwards-Elair, but uh, yeah, I didn't have any of his pass catchers because I love the value everywhere else.
2: Yeah, I think it's totally okay. I think sometimes you can do that in GPPs. We're going to look at one of my GPPs where... I, I, honestly, I I almost have it up here. We'll, we'll, we'll look at it because it's not correlated uh, the way it's not stacked the way you would think. I think there are certain guys, especially if the if the share isn't concentrated, where you can get away with doing that. We know Mahomes, obviously, that it's concentrated with him, with Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. But yeah, I mean, he's going to score a ton of points. So if, if Hill and, and Kelsey don't fit in your lineup because you like all these other guys. I, I I genuinely don't have a problem with it. I would say this, you know, typically I'd want to be in Mike's camp in terms of what his cash lineup looks like in terms of the correlation in a game that I think is going to shoot out with, with a guy like Patrick Mahomes. But no, I think you can absolutely do this. There's there's a handful of guys I think you can do this with and Mahomes is one of them.
0: A quick aside, I saw a lot of people using Justin Fields in cash this week at 5,200. And I understand that he's like a cheap rushing quarterback, but that was never even... In my mind, it was not on my radar, not in my, not in consideration, at least not in cash. Like it was just something that I was not thinking about at all, Mike. Did it surprise you that as many people use Justin Fields as they did?
1: Not necessarily, no. Um, You know, there's obviously people around the industry that tout it, but it's an attractive play, and the reason for that is we just saw him the week before run for 60 rushing yards. That's you know, you get the end zone right there. You have a massive floor. At a price point that is nowhere near someone like Patrick Mahomes on a slate when we know we had wide receivers we wanted to pay up for. Um, the only thing I can say that I don't understand is that there were people that played fields that didn't elect to pay up for Travis Kelsey at the tight end position at the same time. That's where they obviously all got in trouble. Um, you know, it's obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. I personally thought that they would key in on Hawkinson and not have the huge game? Did I expect him to have two receptions for 10 yards? Of course not. Absolutely not. Yeah. I, I think this line, do you want me to tell you what I would do differently on this lineup? If anything,
0: I'll just run through the lineup and then you can kind of pick it Go apart ahead. here. I mentioned that uh, every other player outside of Patrick Mahomes in my lineup was at least 19% owned in this contest. So I had Austin Eckler. I had Clyde Edwards, helaire Cooper Cup, Chris Godwin correlated in that lineup. Uh, I had Tyler Boyd. Once I knew that there was no T Higgins playing in week 3, TJ Hawkinson who, you know, coming into uh last week, he was second in the NFL in routes run and he led the the uh, the Lions in target share. So, I felt really good about his role and and I guess somewhat paying up at 5200 for a tight end. And then Marvin Jones just seems like the go-to guy uh for the Jaguars and he's still too cheap at 4900. I felt like the Bengals defense was was pretty obvious and they were 30% owned and I actually think their defense might be decent and and that's kind of in conjunction with Big Ben looking as bad as he has. So, uh, yeah, feel free to pick it apart now, Mike. I
1: I don't want to really pick it apart. I actually think it's a really good lineup. So there's one thing that I would have done differently. Well, two things I would have done differently for sure. Um, One of them is I would have played Alexander Madison, but obviously we didn't have a show. We didn't talk about it. Like a lot of people that are watching this probably missed out on that as well. Just an unfortunate product of very, very late news confirming it, Um, but at 6K, I would have, played Madison. Like I jammed him in hundred percent of my lineups this week. Um, and then I probably w- wouldn't have played Tyler Boyd with the Bengals defense. I probably would have paired Patrick Mahomes with McCall Hardman. Um, and then in the process of doing that, you know, you could have played someone like Mike Williams to bring it back. Um, but things that, you know, obviously things you do in hindsight, but for me, I would have played Madison and then I would not have paired Boyd with the Bengals D so much as I would have tried to at least, if you didn't want to play Kelsey or Hill, uh, I probably would have played McCall Hardman still with Patrick Mahomes just because he was thirty nine hundred. That's yeah. it. everything else is great, and you had a fantastic result with it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I wind up with one fifty nine point five here, and uh, I felt actually pretty strong about it. Like in in weeks past, like you know, I was a little bit iffy heading into week two. You know, having. That, uh, that triple stack with the Cowboys. and uh, But I, I felt all right about this one going into the day, and, and I was sitting good going into the afternoon game, so I didn't even have to consider any type of late swap or anything. Uh, you, you basically answered the question for me. uh was a bad process to not have either of Saquon Barkley or Alexander Madison, who were both higher owned than Eckler or CEH in this spot. But uh, yeah, Kudos to you. You were all over Clyde last week, and, and and he came he came through. I was worried early on because after that fumble, I'm like, oh god, what's going to happen here now with, with Clyde? But
1: so the only thing I also could say there too is the roster construction would have to look a little different. Um, in situations where we get extreme late news like that, where we know or it, you know generally we'll have a good idea that those chalk running backs are just simply too cheap, right? They're just absolutely too cheap for the roles they're going to have in a cash game. I didn't do it in this one because I was so high on Kelsey. But in your case, when you're playing Hawkinson and not paying up for someone like Travis Kelsey all the way up, I think that your easy move next time is to just simply play all three of the running backs that you really like uh, in that flex there. Um, Just because like we know Saquon Barkley, right? If he returns to his old usage, he's not a $6,000 player. He's a $7,500 to $9,000 player. Madison stepping into that same role, very similar story, not a $6,000 player. Um, so that's just something that you'd want to consider in cash games if you're not making that big spend at a position like tight end that has a little bit different opportunity cost.
0: All right, let's look at the only lineup that did use Saquon Barkley of the three of us, and that is see his cash game lineup. He puts up 113.08, Lamar Jackson up at the top, Leonard Fournette at just 3% ownership. Uh, Saquon Barkley here does his thing. Saquon Barkley, by the way, has played over 80 four percent of the snaps in each of the past two weeks and uh Devonte booker was inactive this past week so i have a feeling that saquon barkley is he's back he he's just back now uh chris godwin keenan allen tyler boyd at wide receiver tj hawkinson at tight end and then robert woods at flex with titans dst see so yeah, you made the grave mistake of fading cooper cup we, we just we never fade cooper cup man we just cannot well, fade cooper yeah. cup
2: and and Madison. So I mean you know I I actually brought this lineup. I have I had a few cash lineups like I do every week. This is probably my worst one if I'm being honest. Like I didn't I didn't cash in my cash lineup. So full disclosure there, but the only reason I brought this one up is is kind of like the the issues I have with it. I totally agree with Mike. I should have paid up for Madison. I should have found a way to get Fournette out of my lineup and and pay up for Madison. I could have done that a number of different ways. um, And I probably, you know, for one thing, I could have saved some money paying down um, from the Titans to the Bengals. But I could have saved money elsewhere as well, uh, including at the quarterback position. Now, this would have gone a lot differently if Hollywood Brown, you know, catches a couple of these big time passes. But I don't know that it gets me there. I think the reason I wanted to put this up is because, you know, you saw the chalk that you guys hit and uh, most of your chalk hit, but I, the illustration here is more like not all the chalk hits, so it, it, you know, you don't always have to just play all the guys that you think are chalky. like Godwin, you know, he was okay, he didn't really hit. Hawkinson was was really bad. Um, Fournette wasn't chalk, obviously, and you didn't really belong in this lineup, but you know, game script wise, it just didn't go it didn't go the right way. Boyd, I think was a good pick, but Jamar chase ended up being a better one. So really all I'm trying to illustrate here is there is good chalk and there is bad chalk. And you guys clearly had most of the good chalk in your lineups. And I had a lot of the bad chalk in my lineups. And that's, that's really the difference.
0: Look, I think with the Fournette thing, I think that like, obviously the game flow went haywire there. And, um, and Gio Bernard winds up leading the team in receptions with nine. So, like, they're playing from behind for a large majority of the second half of that game. So, obviously, they, they get away from Fournette there. It wasn't your week for cash, but uh, let's uh, let's move on to a GBP lineup that you had, which actually was, was pretty damn good. And it also started with... Um, with Lamar Jackson here up at the top. So throw this one up on the screen. If you're watching us on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. And you do go with Lamar Jackson, no stack here in this lineup, Austin Eckler and Saquon Barkley. And then you get Justin Jefferson, who has the monster game, almost 30 DK points. Mike Williams, who might be the wide receiver one now for the Los Angeles Chargers. It's kind of like a 1A, 1B situation. And then you have Tyler Boyd, Gerald Everett, Leonard Fournette in this lineup uh, and the Bengals DSC. So what happened here?
2: Yeah, so this one also isn't very well correlated. Again, this is one of many GPPs that I had, but I I guess I wanted to, like I was so intent on playing Lamar Jackson that I was going to play him with Marquise Brown and I was going to play him without Marquise Brown. So this is just me showing you how you can have a lineup get there without the stack. Now, again, that's not what I'm recommending, but but we just had the conversation of, hey, can you play Patrick Mahomes naked? Now, granted that was cash. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily want to do that in GPP, but I think it's interesting to at least highlight, you know, this this kind of worked out. And if again, if Lamar had an even better day, that would be great. I should have probably correlated this with Marquise Brown because Marquise Brown honestly should have had two touchdowns at 150 yards if if we're if we're really being objective about it. But yeah, I mean it's just it's just one of those things. I I played a decent amount of chalk, but you know, pivoting from a Keenan Allen to a Mike Williams I thought was was pretty smart given what we saw the first couple of weeks and what we're seeing with Mike Williams in terms of his route tree and the new offensive coordinator. I absolutely love Justin Jefferson. He was in pretty much all of my lineups. I was hoping for a little bit more out of Boyd and Everett was a dart throw. That was like a GPP dart throw. I was either going to get there with him. I thought he had a nice matchup. Unfortunately, Disley got a lot of targets or he didn't get a lot of targets, but he got some of the the valuable targets, but Everett got five targets and five catches too. So that was kind of something I was just trying to throw in there to be different. And then of course, Leonard Fournette, we've already talked about him. So again, not, not very well correlated. Most of my lineups are, but I, I thought this one was an interesting one to look at.
1: Mike Williams Guys, I love that lineup. Oh, yeah. sorry man. I just I love yeah. the lineup. Uh Go ahead. I'll, I'll tell you what I would do differently after you're finished.
0: No, no. I was just going to bring up Mike Williams' stats through three games. 26% targets here. He has eight red zone targets. He has four touchdowns. And again, I don't know that he is the wide receiver one because Keenan Allen still has more targets on the season and one more red zone target. So I think it's like a 1A, 1B situation. But they are a lot closer than we thought just heading into the season uh, in terms of their standalone value. But go ahead, Mike. Uh, you can give your thoughts on this lineup.
1: Yeah, the only thing I really would have done differently, which might have led you to a massive score because of Madison, I would have simply played McCall Hardman over Tyler Boyd. Um yeah. And the reason for that is you have Williams and Eckler both. And when you have Williams and Eckler both thinking through the game script on what that has to look like for both of those guys to get there and give you a big enough score in a tournament, it likely means that the game is competitive and they're not just getting totally blown out, which means it's probably not a huge day for Tyreek. Could be having... Hardman there. And then obviously you could have got to Madison over exactly. Fournette potentially, and you're over 200 points. But,
2: I completely no. agree. Like to, to have those two guys in what I think, uh, when what I, we all thought was going to be a high scoring affair and not have anybody on the other side was definitely a mistake. And I t- like, you're right. If I go up to Madison there and, and I get on to Hardman, I mean, that's potentially a takedown. So it's yeah. just one of the, I mean, maybe not, but it's certainly, a, it's certainly in the top five or top 10 instead of the the top 30 or 40 or whatever it was. So great advice. I mean, it's definitely a mistake on my part.
0: And I, I think that you'll notice there will be at least one or two ancillary pe- pieces every week in the Chiefs offense that are going to have value just because the Chiefs are as good as they are. And uh, the, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey still make up 50% of the target share for the Chiefs. But Tyreek Hill's been inconsistent to this point. I know uh, he left that game a little bit for uh, last week uh, for a little bit and seems like he was maybe a little bit banged up or dealing with something. But yeah, I think the ancillary pieces in that offense in the Chiefs and then the Cardinals, who we'll get to a little bit later on, when we look at week four pricing, like their target share is all over the place and, and their pricing is all over the place too. So uh, I think that'll be interesting here uh, for week four. Mike, let's take a look at one of your GPP lineups. And last week on Tuesday's pod, you said that you would be interested in in Matthew Stafford in that game against the Bucks, And that's exactly what you did here. You throw him in the lineup. He puts up 32.5 DK points. And this looks a lot like your cash game lineup or a cash game lineup because you have Stafford with the dual stack. You have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. You have Chris Godwin on the bring back. You have chalky running backs with Madison and Clyde Edwards-Elair. Hardman and Kelsey, those are your guys here. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, did you have any con- consideration with using a chargers bring back? Because I know normally if you would have had Mahomes, you know, you have the rule that you have to use one of the chargers, but even with using one of their two pass catchers without Patrick Mahomes, was there any consideration to try and jam a charger in this lineup?
1: There was, um, the reason that I didn't. So this one was built on the game script that Kansas city just absolutely destroys them. They're at home coming off of a loss and they just cruise. And that is what I, I built it around. Um, the only other consideration here was only stacking Stafford with Cooper Cup and then having Woods be one of the chargers. Um, ended up not going that way because I did last minute talk myself into making sure that I had the double stack with the quarterback like Stafford. Had a great game from him. That really helped. And then, there, frankly, you know, the reason that I won is just I played the three best value plays. So if you're like on Sportsline, you use my data, you use any of the stuff, uh, the three best value plays on the slate for me, two of them were Clyde edwards helaire and Nicole Hardman. They were essentially, if I go to like run the optimizer, I know a lot of you hate the optimizer, but if I go to run it, right, and don't put any settings, any rules, and tell it to build 100 lineups, those two players are going to be in at least 95% of them. That's just how strong their values were that week. So when I'm building these stacks with an optimizer, I tell it, I want Matthew Stafford. And then I have that rule that says, I need two of his pass catchers and one person from the other team. Obviously, it picks Cup and Woods. Obviously, it picks Godwin because he is the top value on the other side. The rest of it is just straight chalk, right? It's Madison was the best value. Clyde Edwards, the best value. Hardman, the best value. Travis Kelsey, the best value because I was clearly lower on Hawkinson than everyone else was. And it jammed the best value defense in, which was a $2,100 defense. So it looks like a really smart, really sharp lineup. But it was one click that said, OK, I need a Matthew Stafford lineup that led me to it.
2: And let me just jump in real quick, Frank, because for those of you that are listening that are like, well, I don't use an optimizer. Well good news. Mike just told you the rule. So, so, and, and it might be intuitive to the listeners already. Well, okay. Well, if I have Mahomes with two pass catchers, yeah, I probably should bring it back with at least one pass catcher from the other side. So don't be intimidated by the idea of an optimizer if you're not using one. Just understand sort of the rule because we're not just saying, oh, we click a button and we don't explain what that button actually is doing. So Mike does a really good job doing that. So when you hear these rules, make sure you incorporate them into your hand builds. It, it's really quite easy. You just have to know the rule and that's what we try to do on every single show.
1: To that point, you're almost better off in a lot of times. If you're going to build a lot of lineups and going to be disciplined about those rules, you're going to come up with better unique lineups than I will with the optimizer. And the reason for that is because I told you, I just did that default. I could do that default with every quarterback on the slate. If I told it to do a Tom Brady lineup, it would be bringing it back with the same value plays across the board because they're the best value plays in my model. If you're building by hand, you're not going to always land on the same default value place. So while it is a more risky strategy and may, might have more upside when I'm right, but if I'm wrong and I miss on Kelsey Hardman or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, all of my lineups are done for the most part in terms of having like massive takedown upside. Whereas if you're building by hand and you're incorporating a few different players because you're doing that by hand. So don't be intimidated by it at all. It's actually a really smart thing to try to do both and then see, compare access to that look at the optimizer, what it spits out, look at what you're doing by hand and then think it through and maybe play one of each. Right. So that's my rant on that.
0: All right. Nice. (laughs) Uh, I do appreciate that. And you know, I kind of side with our, our Apple podcast review earlier, Mike, just stop being such a robot. Right. No, I'm kidding. I (laughs) think you did a good job there, uh, breaking it down and look again, try it out, try the optimizer and and compare and contrast. As Mike mentioned, if you're hand building versus using an optimizer, uh, specifically with those rules, I'll, pull up a GPP lineup here that I had, and it was a lousy GPP week for me. I'll just kind of show you some kind of roster construction things that I was thinking through when I made this lineup. So I go with uh, Russell Wilson with the the dual stack with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, and we spoke about this last week using a dual bringback. So I, I jam Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne in this game, and we basically said only do that if you think a game is going to be ultra-competitive and uh, is going to be very high-scoring. And I thought that was going to be the case. I I thought that there would be a lot of back-and-forth between the Seahawks and the Vikings, but the Seahawks ultimately uh, let us down in this spot. I also correlated uh, Tyler Higbee with Leonard Fournette I thought that you know the Bucks could be playing with a lead in this game uh, and that the Rams would be chasing points Tyler Higbee gets there obviously Leonard Fournette does not Uh, and then I correlated Joe Mixon with the Bengals defense Mixon I love the workload that we've seen he's not really getting as many targets as I had hoped Uh, but Mike I'll go right back to you here in with this lineup what do you think of the overall construction
1: I like it, honestly. Um, I like it a lot. I think this is just an unfortunate product of... I mean, obviously, hindsight, you know, what I've been telling you, I probably would have played Madison because I played Madison in every single lineup this week. But other than that, there's nothing objectively wrong with this lineup. Um, And you might point to, well, did I need two bringbacks on the Wilson side? It's always okay to have two bringbacks when the second one is $3,500. Always, Mm -hmm. always, always okay to do that. The beautiful correlation between Mixon and the Bengals' defense just didn't work, right? Just didn't get there. Mixon just didn't have the game. Like if you played this game again and it's 24 to 10 for them with a win, Joe Mixon is not going to score 10.4 fantasy points again. He's just not. That's the most likely outcome with a 24 to 10 game that they win where the defense scores 12 points. He's scoring 22 to 27 fantasy points. And then on the other side, this Seahawks team came out firing. They came out great. And then they just didn't score again in the entire game. But there is an alternative world where this lineup scored 180 points this week. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. In fact, I think it's a really good lineup.
0: All right. That makes me feel a little bit better. Look, it didn't come through. But uh, this was another one where, yeah, like ultimately a lot of the lineups that I made this week, like I felt good. I I felt like a lot of things kind of made sense there. Uh, So definitely uh, (laughs) we'll take um, we'll we'll take the praise there uh, of Mike McClure. Let's quickly hit on one more lineup here the winner of our Fantasy Football Today DFS contest over on DraftKings, which we run every week, 150 entries, $5, the top 15 gets paid out. We will have the link for that contest later on in the week, and we will uh, we'll tweet it out. We'll have it in our podcast description, the YouTube description as well. Shout out to the gentleman who won, or gentlewoman, uh, Beddows, B-E-D-D-O-D. D- WSS puts up one eighty one point seven four on DraftKings to take it down. He had or she had Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, and Mike Williams in the lineup with Clyde Edwards Elair and Travis Kelsey. We see KJ Osborne, uh, Tri- uh, Tyler Boyd, and then Chase Edmonds with the the Cardinals defense. There with the Cardinals defense, by the way, it looks awesome. Trevor Lawrence does not to this point. See ya. Uh, What do you think about this lineup, which took down our our FFT DFS contest?
2: I mean, the stack is is beautiful with uh, pass catching running back and Mike Williams. Uh, and then, of course, you know, bringing it back, if if you can fit Kelsey into that lineup, you know, you're in really good shape. We talked about the last week. We talked about the, I mean, Mike specifically, the value of Clyde Edwards Hilaire all week. So um, no mystery there. That was a good guy to jam in there. K.J. Osborne. I mean, a, a lot of these three K receivers, I, I understand that their route share is, is pretty good, but, you know, I you are kind of taking a big risk there, but he had to do that because of the way he built his lineup. I think it's great. I, I, side note, um, you know, a lot of people are start, are starting to pay attention to our, our our DraftKings contest. Well, hopefully I want to get it up to 200, 500, you know, maybe in a month or two, wishful thinking maybe, but one of my friends joined the contest and he was at 179.8 and he had Sterling Shepard in his lineup. So to uh, my to my friend franchise, uh, otherwise known as Don Nizzle, I think on uh, DraftKings, uh, he, he built a great lineup. He just had a, uh, he had an injury.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, look, Justin Herbert finally gets there here in this lineup two eighty-one with with uh, with four passing touchdowns. And of course, they, they go into Kansas City and, and they pick up the win there. So nice, nice lineup here from Beto's. Shout out to the winner here again from week three. And uh, and Mike, you finished ninth in the contest. so You get a nice little five X payout there. See, it was down at seventy sixth, and I was all the way down at one hundred and twenty fifth in our contest.
1: Can I comment on this lineup before we go? Yes, sir. I I love this lineup and it brings a pretty big smile to my face to see it. If I'm being honest with you, and the reason why is everyone played Clyde Edwards-Elair to the point that the ownership was higher than it was in tournaments across the industry, and then Travis Kelsey, 20% owned. You guys are also listening. I harped on playing Travis Kelsey all week, like I did in week one. Travis Kelsey in our tournament, 19% owned, and some of these other tournaments, 8% owned. Clyde Edwards-Elair. 32% owned, only 21% owned in the big tournaments. People are listening. There's a beautiful, beautiful correlation with Chase Edmonds and the defense. Uh, Yeah, the lineup makes me very happy to see. Uh, It's a very good lineup.
0: All right. Before we move on to anything else this week, if you follow fantasy football and the industry closely, then it's very likely that you've already heard about the tragic and unfortunate passing of Mike Tags Taglier, who was the lead fantasy football analyst over at Fantasy Pros. And while I never had the chance to meet Mike in person myself, I, I did interact with him multiple times on Twitter throughout the years and would like to echo the praises of Of many others that have laid out to this point Uh, by all accounts tags was extremely genuine and one of the hardest workers in the industry if you ever took a glance at his primer over on fantasy pros then uh, you know exactly how much work that he put into that each and every single week Tags was just 39 years old and leaves behind a wife and two kids on behalf of everybody here on Fantasy Football Today, DFS, and at CBS Sports. We send our condolences to his family, friends, and everybody over at Fantasy Pros. If you can contribute anything, there is a GoFundMe to help out his wife. I'll include the link in the podcast and YouTube description. Rest in peace, Mike Tags, Taglier. Never an easy transition, but we'll take a quick break. And when we return, we'll take an early look at week four pricing next on Fantasy Football Today DFS.
3: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, Marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit RobertHalf.com today.
0: All right, week four pricing is here, and we have four quarterbacks at 7500 or more. Patrick Mahomes at the Eagles, $8,100 with a 54 and a half point total. As of now, in that game, Josh Allen is going up against the Houston Texans. He is a 17 point favorite. He is 8k. Just had a massive, massive game against the Washington Football Team. Kyler Murray is at the Rams. That game also has a 54 and a half point total. He's 7800. And then Lamar Jackson is at the Denver Broncos, the unbeaten Denver Broncos. He is 7500. See your early thoughts on the elite tier of quarterbacks in Week Four.
2: So of the elites, I like Patrick Mahomes the best. No surprise there. I think that KC Philly game will be relatively competitive, but Philly just doesn't have the the resources on the back end to cover anybody on the Kansas City offense. Not only is their secondary bad as it was, but just last night on the Monday Night Football game, they lost their safety. Uh, and so they're going to be even more banged up or, I guess, bad than they were before. KC coming off a loss. I mean, I could really see Mahomes just kind of rubbing it in here and, and putting up four to five touchdowns. Other than that, Josh Allen is interesting to me, mostly because the implied total for Buffalo is 32.5, which I believe is the highest on the slate. It's not going to be a super competitive game, but the. Interesting side note there is it looks like Josh Allen is just going to throw no matter what quarter it is and no matter what the score is. I mean, it's almost like he's going for like an MVP push because he's chucking it. So I I think that's an interesting game to stack. Um, I think there's some maybe pivots there where you could just kind of like take a piece of Zach Moss and hope he gets in the end zone in the second half, something like that. But those are the two I like the most. But I like Mahomes by far the most of those four.
0: No, it's a good point that you bring up against Josh Allen because if you were watching that game against Washington this past week, I'm sorry, Sia. Not that I could talk, right? Like, I'm a Jets fan. They're just the worst team in football by far. It's not close, but... The game wasn't really competitive and Buffalo was still throwing like Josh Allen had 43 pass attempts in this game. He had four passing touchdowns. He added on a rushing touchdown. You're right. It looks like they're they're just kind of trying to pad his stats at this point. So 17 point home favorite for Josh Allen in week four against the Houston Texans. And I do like Kyler Murray quite a bit, even though he's going up against the Rams defense, who for the most part just performed pretty well uh, against Tom Brady. You know, he got some garbage time production. Uh, Kyler is 7,800, and that game has a massive point total as well. Other quarterbacks in games with a 50 plus total this week Russell Wilson is at the 49ers in a divisional matchup, he's at 7,100. Matthew Stafford is on the other side of that game against the Cardinals. He's his price is all the way up to 7k on DraftKings, but rightfully so. He's he's been awesome so far this year. Jalen Hurts. On the other side of the Chiefs game, he's a seven-point dog. He's 6,900 in this spot. Dak Prescott versus the Carolina Panthers. He did everything that we wanted him to do in week two on Monday Night Football when he threw four three touchdowns. He is 6,700. Kirk Cousins going up against the Cleveland Browns. They are two-point home dogs. Uh, he is also off to a great start, 6,400 in that spot. And then Sam Darnold is at the Cowboys. He is 6K, though that Dow- Dallas Cowboys defense looks much, much improved under Dan Quinn to this point. Mike, what do you think about these mid-tier quarterbacks and maybe anyone else up top that you're going to be overweight on this week?
1: Yeah, uh, I can tell you the three quarterbacks I will have this week will be Patrick Mahomes, no surprise there, Dak Prescott, and Kirk Cousins. Those will be three of my quarterbacks. So some weeks, I, I just so everyone knows, I probably should have brought it up earlier too, on main slates, I play five lineups, each five on DraftKings, five on FanDuel, Cash game, three and a three max, but, and then two that are in large field tournaments with all five of my lineups. Typically, I will have three to four quarterbacks across those five lineups. Very rarely will I have five different quarterbacks, but right now it's looking like I'm going to have just these three quarterbacks unless value pops up and changes. Uh, and it's going to be Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, and Kirk Cousins.
0: All right, let's move on to the running back position. We have three over 8K over on DraftKings. That includes Derrick Henry at 8,800 at the New York Jets, Alvin Kamara at 8,400 versus the Giants, and Dalvin Cook at 8,100 versus the Cleveland Browns. We still have to monitor Dalvin Cook's status throughout the course of this week to see if he will be able to play filling in for him. We we said Alexander Madison's name a bunch already today, but we didn't actually mention what he did. He had 32 touches with six receptions, so he was obviously awesome uh, in that week three matchup against the Seahawks. Derrick Henry has 12 receptions through three games. He is on pace for 68 catches over a 17-game season. He has at least 31 touches in back-to-back games. So Derrick Henry is doing Derrick Henry things with an added wrinkle that he's actually kind of uh, catching the ball now, which makes it easier to justify his price week in and week out. Alvin Kamara had that bounce back performance, 27 touches, 118 total yards, and a touchdown. His 23% target share leads all running backs this season. ya, what do you think about these higher price running backs?
2: Uh, there's two that I'm interested Actually, there's really just one I'm interested in. I think I might be willing to pay up for Alvin Kamara against the giants. Um, especially the, you know, their defense is a little banged up too. I think they're going to lean on Kamara that game. I don't think I want to pay up for Derrick Henry. I totally understand the appeal. It's just not going to be for me this week. I could see a scenario where in the second half, I mean, let, let's understand Derrick Henry has been getting a ton of carries each game, 28 carries last week as well. There's a scenario where in the second half, they're up so big it's, it's McNichols time, or, or I think I'm saying that name, right? So, um, yeah, I, I like Derrick Henry, but not enough to pay 8800
0: for him. Some mid-tier standouts for me. Najee Harris at the Packers, 6800 He had 19, yes, you're hearing that correctly, 19 targets last week, 14 receptions, over 100 receiving yards, and Big Ben looks cooked. He looks absolutely done. I, I don't know what they're going to do. I know that there's already been reports that the, the organization is kind of worried over Big Ben, uh, and they should be. But this also came with Deontay Johnson Johnson out. So uh, we'll see what his status is throughout the course of the week. But it was just check down after check down after check down. And it all went to Najee Harris last week. Jonathan Taylor is all the way down to 6,300. He's at the Miami Dolphins. And then DeAndre Swift is averaging 20 DK points. And he's 6,200 at the Chicago Bears. Uh, Swift is second among running backs in the NFL in both targets and receptions. So... Mike, those are a few names that stand out to me. Najee Harris, Jonathan Taylor, uh, DeAndre Swift. Of course, there's a few more lower down if you want to mention. like Chuba Hubbard's going to be filling in for Christian McCaffrey. He's 5,900. Chase Edmonds, the old trusty Chase Edmonds. Clyde Edwards-Elair, he got a bump to 5,400, but that's still probably too cheap at the Philadelphia Eagles. So I just threw a bunch of names your way. You can talk about all of them or, or anyone else that stands out to you.
1: Yeah, we'll mention, I mean, my lineup construction might look very similar again next week. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Elair will definitely be a core piece um, as of right now, unless we get some real news. Uh, if Dalvin Cook sits again, Madison will be a, a key piece again. Um, I agree with Sia. I'm not paying up for Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry's in a fantastic spot. It's not going to shock me at all if he scores 40 fantasy points, uh, but the ownership levels that we'll be projecting for him do not represent his chance of being in the optimal lineup because of some of the other value plays and the top quarterbacks that we like. So I'll be completely off Derrick Henry myself. Uh, I would pay up for Alvin Kamara. I think it's interesting to stack Kamara and Saquon Barkley in the same game. I think the Giants have to lean on Saquon a little bit more here as they are banged up with the pass catching. I also think you could play Kadarius Toney if you wanted to. So I do like Alvin Kamara in that one. Uh, Other backs that I will be interested in, I will have some interest in Najee Harris, mostly because of the bring back factor and game stackability with Devontae Adams on the other side. Uh, Let's see. There was one other one that I wanted to mention. Uh, I think Naeem Hines is too cheap, and I think the Miami defense is not actually terrible with them hosting the the Colts. Um, I think that Naeem Hines, who I was frankly on last week, had a huge game again. Uh, I think that he's going to be relevant in tournaments again this week.
0: Yeah, Naheem Hines is down at forty nine hundred dollars, and the Dolphins have struggled against running backs so far this season. Saquon Barkley, you mentioned, is sixty seven hundred this week on DraftKings, which still seems too low. Uh, He was sixty five hundred last week. We liked him at that price. Obviously, the Saints are a little bit better against the run, a lot of bit better against the run than the Atlanta Falcons are. But uh, there's no denying his role. Devontae Booker was inactive last week. He played eighty eight percent of the snaps here. I just. I think Saquon Barkley is back. He had six receptions in that game as well. Uh, Let's take a look at the wide receiver position. We had five wide receivers. We have five wide receivers over 7,500 this week. Tyreek Hill at the Eagles. We have Devontae Adams versus the Steelers. Cooper Cup versus the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks. Every (laughs) single team that I read here, I want to say, like, my mind is automatically... I've caught myself a few times already. That time, I just, I missed it, but... Every time I see these abbreviations, I just automatically think of the baseball team. Uh, It's it's tough this time of year. I've got a lot of baseball and and football crossover. Uh, But Cooper Cup finally gets that massive salary boost on DraftKings. He's up to 7,800. He's the third highest priced wide receiver on the slate. DeAndre Hopkins is 7,700 in that matchup at the Rams. And then Stephon Diggs, who has not really had any crazy blow-up game yet, is at home against the... Uh, Texans in that, in that massive point spread. He's 7,600. See, I usually throw you the elite names. I'll change it up this time. Let's go to Mike uh, for the higher price one. So you could talk a little bit about the mid tier, uh, Mike, anyone stand out here. You already mentioned Devontae Adams.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have Devontae Adams uh, at the top. I think that that one's pretty obvious at this point. Um, looking at, you know, I think you, I think there was a ridiculous stat in this last game. He was targeted on over 50% of the routes that he ran in the game. No, 52% of the routes that he ran. He saw a target from Aaron Rodgers here. Uh, it's got cash gameplay written all over it as long as the value opens up enough for us to get there. Other top wide receivers, let's see. I don't have a lot of interest at the top. I have a lot of interest in the mid-range. Um, do you want me to give you a mid-range guy that I love or you want to sure, talk yeah, yeah. about the top first?
0: No, you could, you could throw uh, it throw.
1: I'm going to be incredibly overweight on a market in this game um i think that the jaguars excuse me jaguars the panthers defense while they have played some of the softer competition so far i think that they are good i think they're good enough i think they will stack the box and stop this run game after they've watched the dallas cowboys run the ball really well the last two weeks um i do think they have to throw more i think that it's going to be an amari cooper game this is an excellent spot and price point on him at 6k um If we were super excited about Robert Woods last week at a similar price point, I think you have to be about Amari Cooper here. Uh, And I don't think that he's going to garner the ownership that is going to be able to let me fade him. So I'm going to be on Amari Cooper, I think, here.
0: Yeah, and they are dealing with injuries in their secondary. Cornerback J.C. Horn was placed on injured reserve uh, with, I believe it was a broken, fractured foot. So we are dealing with some injuries there in the Panthers' Secondary. A few other mid-tier standouts. I did have Amari Cooper on this list. Again, love the price at 6K. Terry McLaurin inside the dome at the Atlanta Falcons. 6900 Definitely interested in that. 28% target share on the season for McLaurin. I think Odell Beckham is pretty interesting. That huge point total against the Vikings. He is 5800 Played 64% of the snaps last week. Had a 31% target share in his first game back. Uh, and then I just wanted to throw DJ Moore out there because I, I find it interesting... He's 6,600. He's been awesome this year. He's clearly the go-to guy for Sam Darnold. But Cowboys cornerback, Tavon Diggs, has really emerged. So I, I kind of wonder, you know, are we going to potentially fade DJ Moore because of, uh, because of that standout cornerback here? So see so yeah, any other interesting names for you at the mid-tier.
2: So I like DJ Moore, and I think if you're doing a stack with Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper, for example, I think bringing him back with, uh, bringing it back with DJ Moore makes plenty of sense. Um, as we kind of go down the, the the list here in that sort of six to five K range, um, Robert Woods. I mean, I don't think it's a problem taking another shot at him at 5300. At some point, he's going to be in the the you know, wide receiver room with the wide receiver coach, being like, "Hey guys, I'm here too." And we know he's talented, so I expect at 5300, I just I love the value there, even though. He's burned people uh, the last few weeks. Uh, Christian Kirk at 5,300. This guy's getting targeted. You know, we talked about him last week. He caught seven of eight for uh, 104 yards. Going down the line, Jalen Rieger um, against Kansas City. You're going to have to bring that stack back with somebody. And and a lot of the options are cheap. Like Quez Watkins is really cheap, for example. Jalen Rieger, Quez is only 3,500. You could maybe bring it back with Gainwell if if you wanted to force a cheap running back in there. But I like those guys. And maybe I'll give you one more. Speaking of that Cowboys game, Terrace Marshall, who, by the way, had five targets and caught four of them, is only 4,000 flat. So I think that's an interesting money saver as well.
0: Yeah, and I think for the Eagles in particular, like I, I love the player Devontae Smith. I think he's going to be awesome. He didn't have a good game on Monday Night Football against the Cowboys, but I mentioned Tavon Diggs has been very good for them. Their, their target share is... It's kind of all over the place right now. Like Devontae Smith is at 22%. Jalen Rager is at 20%. And and you mentioned him as a value option. And of course, the tight ends are involved there. Miles Sanders kind of gets his. I think Quez Watkins is a player. So uh, I think that they should uh, get him a little bit more involved. Uh, But yeah, at at his cost, definitely interesting. Uh, I wanted to just mention all of the... Uh, the Cardinals wide receivers. You mentioned Kirk at 5,300. We also get Rondell Moore at 46. We get A.J. Green at 45. A.J. Green coming off of a 100-yard uh, a receiving game last week. And uh, I, I will throw out Walmart DK Metcalf. I know this kid's going viral on Twitter right now. Making fun of the Jets every single week. And rightfully so. They deserve it. Uh, Corey Davis is 5K in a revenge game against the Titans who are allowing the most fantasy points to wide receivers. So I'll just throw the name out there, Corey Davis.
1: Go ahead. I got to chime in there yeah, because um, <laughs> I love the Corey Davis play and tournaments. i mentioned I might have a fourth quarterback. If I do, it will be Ryan Tannehill this week. Um, I like some of the cheap pieces there and I like Tannehill's price point. I like the pieces that I can pair with them and then load up on Kelsey, load up on Devontae Adams, potentially one of the big running backs that I like, uh, Nick Westbrook, a and Chester Rogers, both dirt cheap. Uh, both drawing targets. Rodgers is also involved in the kicking game. Give you some upside there in a tournament. Uh, I like both of them. I think that this is a game that Derrick Henry could move the ball down the field. Ryan Tannehill can run these in, can throw these in. I think it's a very interesting tournament stack.
0: All right. Let's take a look at the tight end position. Of course, we have Travis Kelsey standing alone up at the top. He is at the Philadelphia Eagles at 8,100. And then we have uh, George Kittle all the way down to 59. So his his value is is plummeting right now. TJ Hawkinson is at 5,800. And then a few value plays that caught my my eye. Uh, Dalton Schultz, the two-touchdown game, he's coming off of that with, uh, he's 3,400. We have Noah Fant, who has a, a pretty stable role in the offense, 4,300 up against the Baltimore Ravens. And then Tyler Conklin in that big total, 53-point total game, uh, coming off a pretty big game, seven receptions and a touchdown last week. He is 3,500 up against the Cleveland Browns. So, a lot of moving parts here. See, we get Kelsey, we get, you know, some mid-tier, and then, and then there's some value, too. Anyone else standing out to you?
2: I mean, Kelsey, of course. Uh, Kittle, I think, you know, at 5,900, I think there's some value there. I would say that I think this is a get-right uh, game for the Washington football team, but also for Kyle Pitts. I think he could expose that secondary and those linebackers pretty easy at 5,000. Uh, Dallas Goddard is interesting as a bringback, another, yet another bringback uh, in the Kansas City game. Not a ton of targets last night, but he got some high-quality targets. Uh, I love Tyler Conklin at 3,500, uh, below that Schultz and, uh, Gerald Everett again, Uh, just taking a shot with him at 3,200 against that San Francisco secondary. That is just not good at all.
0: All right, Mike, let's be honest. Are you going to play anyone outside of Travis Kelsey this week?
1: Uh, yes, I definitely will. (laughs) Um, and it'll be another double tight end situation to get unique. Uh, and it will be a bring back with the tight ends, uh, for Philly. I think that that's super interesting there. Um, And then the only other one that I could see some real interest in in a tournament, just because of the price point, as of right now, we're going to need some value, um, whether it's at the wide receiver spot or the tight end or play double tight end. When I play double tight end, it's always with Travis Kelsey, and I'm always treating Travis Kelsey as if he's a wide receiver, right? So I'm really not playing two tight ends. However, if we need value, I'm not going to shy away from someone like Jack Doyle. Twenty-seven hundred in a game that I think is going to be competitive. Obviously, they got to win. They have to figure out a way to try and win. Um, I, I like the spot for Jack Doyle at twenty-seven hundred. I think that if you need a cheap punt value play, um, look. I mean, I, I it's been wildly inconsistent on some of the targets. Saw two targets last week. Eight against the Rams. If you're giving a twenty-seven hundred dollar player eight targets. That works.
0: Let's wrap up quickly here with uh, some Thursday night football showdown thoughts here. The Jaguars at the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are currently seven and a half point favorites with a 45 and a half point total. This Bengals defense, I mentioned them earlier, they're playing well right now. They're playing inspired football. Yes, they were going up against Big Ben last week, but Trevor Lawrence has been a turnover machine uh, to this point through three games in his NFL career as well. So Mike, uh, anything that's popping so far in your data for the Thursday Night Football matchup?
1: Uh, just I, I think that it's a really good bounce-back spot for Mixon uh, after that that last game there. So I'll have a lot of him. Um, I do think that the game's going to end up being competitive. I think it's probably... Like, obviously, this is a game that Trevor Lawrence has circled. It's a prime-time game. It's against another young quarterback that's supposed to be very good. So I think it's a good game for the Jags. I'm not going to say they're going to go out and get their first win. Uh, if you're in the betting side, I think that they... Are going to cover the spread in this one but uh yeah i'll be pairing them with pass catchers i'll have a lot of joe mixon still i think mixon is going to get there through sheer volume and i think it's going to end up being a very high scoring game
0: all right that'll do it for mike and see i am frank thank you all for listening and watching fantasy football today tfs the next time that you will hear us will be thursday as we deep dive all of the games in week four we'll see you then